Hi everyone and welcome to Let's Take a Moment, the podcast where we kick back and reflect and do subscribe so you're notified when new podcasts become available. Um, so today's podcast is going to be chatting about my recent trip to London, what I learned, what I observed about myself, things like that. Um, so first of all, I always get the, I always go down for two days and I stay over in London near where I work um, and I get the 6.44 train, which gets into London at around about 9.30, and then I get the tube across to Pimlico on the Victoria Line from King's Cross, direct, um, and then I walk down to Millbank Tower, which is where my uh, the company I work for is based. I normally try and get a hotel. Um, I find that there's a lot down Belgrave Road, which is just around the corner from Pimlico, so I know that area quite well now. And there's a particular one called Blades, and the rooms are quite small, nothing to shout about really, but they're relatively cheap, and I do try and keep the costs down for my company when I go down. So I've kind of learned that that's kind of where I'd start, and then if I need to go to some other hotel, then I go from there sort of thing. <clears throat> but um, this particular visit was set up right from January because there was three meetings that were quite big that related to accounts I'm on. So there was two meetings in Parliament. So one that I kind of set up um, and there was another two colleagues were covering that. Um, and then there's another one that I worked with, another a younger member of staff um, where I run that account. Um, so she did that. She did the invites that I was doing for the other meeting and we sort of coordinated all to both of them. Actually, both meetings took place at the same time. Um, and they both had the annual general meetings of these particular groups. So I can't really go into detail of what they are, but needless to say, it was <clears throat> quite an intense process about getting these things through. They're quite tricky. Um, and obviously there's a, there's the client that's interested, there's the chair that's interested, the staff, you know, my superiors, everybody interested in, in the outcome of these things. So it, it is it, quite a lot of stress. Um, so these two meetings have been like dominating my kind of attention for the last, I guess, the last week kind of building to this this big sort of get into parliament and <clears throat> managing uncertainty is a really interesting thing but before I get into that um, I want to say that it was quite a good start because at the station I ran into Dave who I know listens in uh, so shout out to Dave um, and uh, he was heading down for a seminar I believe doing a bit of training somewhere um, and he was on the 708 train so he was very punctual I have to say uh, for his train, um, and I was uh, I was not as punctual. I'd been, I've got it down to a fine art now. I know that if I leave um, parents' house at about ten past six, I get there pretty much religiously at about half six, and I, that seems like it's quite close to six forty-four. But when you're in the station, it does feel like there's quite a lot of time to stand around, and you're not going to get like touchwood like a lot of delays on the road that I go on anyway. So. Um, traffic's very light so anyway uh, it was nice to see Dave nice to catch up with him very very quickly because I was just about to go on the platform um, I was just about to, I just started moving <laughs> to uh, I always I've got this thing where I always um, I always force myself to stand until 6.40 on the clock <laughs> and then refuse to move and then I walk out onto the platform and I've got I've done this so many times I'm like so repetitive that I've kind of realized that if I do that 
when I get onto the platform and get to where my zone is for the, because they tell you which zone there's going to be near your carriage for your seat reservation, um, I've worked out that generally the lights of the train are visible um, <laughs> coming into the, the, the station. So there's very little time to wait on what's often a, a cold platform, although it's getting better now. So that was the first thing. I always find the train down to be quite nice. Um, it's really busy. Um, it, it fills up as you get the, the big ones. York Station actually. It seems to everyone seems to get off at York on the way home, and they all seem to get on York. So that seems to be the what if you like, like almost like a bore, like a, a milestone in the journey. When you get past York, you're sort of heading south, and when you get above York, it's it's the northern section of the of the route. Um, <clears throat> so thankfully, there was no delays. Uh, I think we we got into London pretty much bang on. Um, and I was fortunate enough where I wasn't on one of the really rear carriages because I do have a problem with my my foot. Um, it doesn't, you know, partly maybe weight related, but um, doesn't move very well sometimes. It gets stiff and so on. It's a bit of an Achilles issue, I think. Um, but anyway, it was okay. So scooted along, got on the tube, was relatively quiet on the tube. Uh, so I got a seat, which was always very nice. And um, <clears throat> shot across to work. In, in good time and just waited around for these meetings and then we, we headed in and we did the meetings um and then rest of the day was kind of a sort of a come down if you like on that it was felt like a bit a bit stressful um and then and what was interesting like normally when you finish something stressful you get like a an endorphin hit and i didn't i just carried on being stressful it's been that bad that i was just like carried on being worried about it <clears throat> and then i pretty much went straight to my hotel had a really nice chat to the lass on the reception. She was really funny. Um, I've met her before, so she saw. I think she kind of recognised me. But I get the impression she just chats to everybody. Um, we had a really nice chat about things, and I showed her um, pictures of where I lived on uh, on Google Maps, and she was saying how nice it looked in the north because she's lives in the middle of London. Actually, lives at the hotel, but it's from Birmingham, so I was showing her that. Um, and that was quite cool. So sort of showing her the. The, the dales out near Waskadi Reservoir and all that on the pictures and she was like oh it's lovely and that and, and uh, anyway um, basically just went to my room and just chilled and then the next day we had a, a big workshop for another client and then I was back on the train and it's weird like I've got this thing where <clears throat> I look forward to um, one specific moment of the journey which is when I get back on the train coming home that moment like literally that the moment that i put my butt on the seat <laughs> that i find my seat put my case on the top and just sit down coat off sit down with the phone out the earpods out and i just think ah i'm heading home and that's like because obviously you get all the stress of walking to pimlico getting on the tube it's like stuff i'm not used to being a sort of a hermit out here in the northeast um and it's just a nice feeling to know I'm in my seat and I'm going to be heading back to my, my home station. I'm not a big fan of the journey back, to be honest. Um, I don't mind it. I always find what, what I managed to do, which I think I can make as a recommendation to you guys, is that I managed to completely switch off. I never look at my work emails. I leave everything for the next day, which is often a Thursday. But I leave everything for the next day. It doesn't matter what it is. I, I seem to have just this weird ability I don't know it's not really an ability because I haven't learned it it's just a, a thing that happens in my brain where I just completely leave everything behind when I'm on the train home 
I just think about the journey. And what was funny about it was that um, I'd managed to get a really cheap ticket because I'd booked so early. So I'd managed to get in a first class ticket. And um, obviously you sit with, a, you know, people who've got a bit more money. And, and these two uh, women who were about, I think they'd probably be in their, I'm going to say early 50s, maybe, maybe mid 50s. Very, very smart ladies. Um, you could tell that they had a lot of money. They looked after themselves. They were dressed very well, you know, all that sort of thing. And they were friendly enough. Um, and, and they sort of sat down and, and they looked and they had loads of shopping bags. So they had like the branded bags of like Selfridges, Fortnum & Mason's, Dior, Fenix. Uh, what was the other one? Chanel. Uh, they had literally like the, the proper sort of like I have money bag, you know, shopping list. And I was like joking with them, my sort of humour. I was like, is there anything in them or are you just showing off? And the woman's like, yeah, you know, we've had a massive shopping day. And anyway, she pulled her receipts out and um, she was looking through them. And I caught a glance on these two receipts. And one of them was for 729 quid in one shop. And another was for 400 and something. And I was like, whoa. And they, were, and they, had, they literally could barely like store all these bags. And I thought, wow, you've just gone like first class out of London return which is about 250 quid each you've probably gone you know because they, they were up at um i think they got off a few stops before durham but after york and uh <clears throat> i was like wow it's nice to that's how the other half live isn't it you know and they, they, she sort of like they just laughed and went well i've had a nice day and i was like yeah <laughs> <Bet you have. laughs> god knows that was on the bags but they kept when people were getting off the train they were like staring at the bags in case someone grabbed them you know um so it was obviously a lot of uh a lot of a lot of good stuff in them in the bags um, and I was laughing with them when they were looking at it. I said, well, I hope no one steals them. By the end of the journey, I was like, you know something? I feel quite protective of them now. So we had a bit of a laugh and they were really nice and said, you know, safe journey home stuff, which is nice. You know, it's nice when people are, are kind, you know, you, and it's, 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 it was quite funny. And yeah, they obviously, uh, they obviously have slightly more money than me. Um, <laughs> one of them seemed a bit concerned about what her husband would say when she got home. But, um, and they did point out that they don't do that every week. They probably do. Uh, but cool. So yeah, just interesting when you you're on the train. It's something I've always been always been fascinated by is is people's um, uh, you know who you meet on the train. You know, not even if you talk to them, just people you see. And there was one guy like further up that was absolutely hammering the wine because you get like complimentary stuff on first class that you don't get in standard, and it's part of your ticket. And these tickets are expensive. You know, even when I booked early, it was still fairly expensive. Um, what I could do each month if I wanted would be when I book, I could change my ticket, um, upgrade my ticket to first class um, and I could, I think, I, I think I'd be looking at about 100 quid extra to what my work wouldn't cover to, to go first class both ways. Like, I'm half tempted to do it. <laughs> but when I look at what it would cost me across the year, it would cost me about a grand across the year for not a lot of, like, stuff. Plus, I'm going to be starting soon, like, real, like, effort on my diet because I noticed that I gained weight again when I got to London. You know, you see a reflection. I thought, oh, shit. I saw myself on, like, an unflattering angle of uh, teams and realised that I had, you know, gained a bit, unfortunately, over the last couple of months. And I thought, right, OK. You know, and I feel it as well. Like, I know I have. So it's like you time to time time to get serious again, you know. It's it's frustrating because that 
you know, I want to be able to feel better. It's simple as that. I'm not too fussed about what people think of me. Like, I don't expect at this point to meet a partner. Um, you know, that would be nice, but I'm like, it's hard to see it. You know, I've been that much, I've been on my own for so long that I just don't see that opening up for me, really. And I, and I know that it's more like I'm so young at heart that I'd probably, like, someone who isn't in their early 20s wouldn't really get me. And I think that's a that's a problem as well. Like, I'm not looking for someone who's, like, 20 years younger than me, but I think that's the sort of disposition that I have. That's my kind of approach to life. You know, I'm very young at heart. I, I You know, I'm not someone who wants to carry the stresses of, like, middle age that people seem to carry around. And I haven't got the life experience that some of these, like, experienced women will have had of, you know, I've been married 20 years and come out of a relationship. Like, they've got that cynicism embedded in them a little bit. Not saying everybody does, but like I find that a lot of people has that kind of where I'm quite playful and light, and sometimes I find there's not a lot. I'm sure there's maybe somebody out there that that would be perfect for me. I, I I have met one person in my life who sadly married someone else very many years ago, who I'm still good friends with, who I think would have been like perfect for me, and I think she pretty much agrees. Um, but she just chose someone else. Um, but yes, so there's not a lot, there's not been many women who I've met who, you know, I've thought, yeah, that, and uh, you get a lot of bigotry when you look like me, because people think that you should just take whatever's there, and you, I've never done that, and, you know, the result is that I've been on my own a lot of times, but people will say, like, oh, you know, this person's nice, you should just go out with them, and it's like, well, if you don't feel it, like, yeah, it's a deep subject, but I, yeah. Anyway, I'm kind of the the point I'm making is I'm sort of cool with the way I am. So it's more about weight loss to me is more about just well health and also just self esteem, confidence, feeling happy. You know, not feeling like, for example, I I was in a Zoom meeting yesterday for the three o'clock session that we had, and I was sitting quite close to the camera, and I was like blocking most of the camera because it was on a weird angle, it was next to a table. And I just saw like my sort of profile size and I just thought, so I went and moved and squeezed into the table at the top just so I was out of the way, you know, and it, it's that type of thing that's there, you know, that, that sort of like, when I play darts in my bedroom, I love playing darts, I'm quite good at it actually. I always shut the curtains because I get a reflection of myself in the, in the window. And, and that's like, it's not a good thing to happen. Like even when, I, even when I'm doing a podcast now, I can see a reflection of my face in in the phone that sits uh, I've got a little thing that sits uh, on my steering wheel. I mean I am I am stationary by the way. <laughs> and and this kind of I have a reflection of my face and I can see the weight under my face and that's a bit that I hate. Um and I do tend to carry, you know, a lot of weight on under my chin, you know, the, the double chin is just a big chin. Um and that's kind of frustrating as well. And it just sort of it's none of it's positive. So I want to try and I remember when I did lose a bit of weight, I liked the way that my shoulders got slimmer, that my chest got slimmer, that I was leaner. I mean, I was by no means thin, but I was thinner, and it just feels a lot better. The paradoxical thing is that I enjoy my food more now, but there's no tricks, there's no way to hide. You've got to do it. Like, if, if you don't do it, you gain weight. If you eat too much, you gain weight. Simple as that. The food could be delicious, but you pay the price. You know, there is no way to hide. I've tried tricks, I've tried... You know, you can trick yourself to a point. Um, I had a diet that worked many years ago, but I didn't stick to it. And the only reason I stuck to it was because everything lined up in terms of things that I was I had that was happy in my life that 
I had a lifestyle. I was a counsellor. I wasn't really working. Like, I didn't have any of the stresses that... I had the perfect lifestyle, if I'm honest. So I had every, like, opportunity to do it right. I had every incentive to do it right. Um, and, and looking back, it, it's unlikely that I'm going to have that arrangement again in my in my personal and private life where everything was appearing to be great. And then it was easy to make good decisions. It was easy to abstain because I had nothing that, you know, I had no reason to need food to make myself feel happy. Whereas now it's a lot quieter. I have work. I have, you know, I'll go today and I'll sit at my desk and I'll do my work till like 12 and then I'll get to lunchtime and think, oh, can we do a nice, nice lunch? Because I need it. I need to feel like happy. And then I have my lunch, I feel happy. And then I, and I go back to my desk again, where if I just have like, a, you know, a piece of lettuce or something, I'm, I'm depressed about that. And I go back to work to be depressed about having to work again. And it's just not the best, the best situation. So it's a challenge. Every part of it is a challenge to me. None of it's easy. And, it, you know, if it was easy, I'd have probably done it. So that's where it gets really hard because people who are, like I was talking to someone who, uh, my mentor at work, she's called Sophie. She's a bit younger than me. She's lovely. And she is uh, an ultra distance runner. And she runs uh, races that are like 87 miles. It's like your marathon's 26. She, she did one for 87 miles and runs it in one go, you know? So she is an incredibly talented runner. Um, started off doing 5Ks, got into training. I mean, she's like lean as it gets, you know, she's really done well. Um, eats well. I mean, she does it all good and she's she's amazing. I really admire her. And um, yeah, I was talking to her and she was mentioning about like, you know, how's things going? And I said, oh, you know, these are a few sort of personal targets that I've got. Because um, she wouldn't bring it up. Like, she's a pro. She wouldn't say, like, lose weight or anything. That's totally... That was me that brought that up. Um, but I mentioned about her sort of running and stuff and then I said you know the interesting thing to and we sort of agreed with this I said the interesting thing about weight loss is that people who are my size could do with your ability to run without it hurting like we almost need that more we need that help where it, when it hurts and it's hard and it's not what we're used to doing and the willpower it's like everything's against you so you've got to like that massive effort at the start and it, the reason people say it gets easier it's because of course it does, because you start to do it. But that first getting going is just awful. And I'm not very good at it. Like, I hold my hands up. Like, I'm I'm a great planner, but do I? I mean, I've got my foot issue where I can barely walk. Like, if I walk down, like, half a mile to the gate down there and back where I'm parked now, big pain, you know, for the rest of the day. And I'm limping around. And the doctors have generally just said that it's probably weight-related. So I've got to just keep going. And it's like, oh just another like disincentive like sometimes I'm thinking to myself like I want to go out but I don't want my foot to hurt all day so I just don't do it and like there's no way to hide there's, a, there's an obvious answer saying you've just got to do it and I can hear people like well you know I get that but it's it's just hard work um but anyway that's all I've got time for today I just thought I'd give a quick rundown a quick update about what I've been up to um it's been a busy time hopefully for the next couple of weeks it's going to be uh quieter and I'm hoping about that so I can really crank down on some some work um, and, and start maybe to, you know, get, get my personal situation. I've started to do something, get myself going. I really want to. Um, it's time to do something. I want to feel better. I want to look better. Just for me, not for anybody else. I'm not, I, haven't got my, I haven't got designs on anyone or out like that. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's the plan. So thank you for listening to my 
morning ramble. Um, it's now getting on to the start of work time, so I'm going to have to jettison back and get logged in and hit the emails and start to process the to-do list because that's always the first job to make sure that I've got everything not worse when you do everything you want to do and then you forget something that's always an irritant and I am very good at that <laughs> so thanks for listening guys take care and I will see you on the next one